on Banlist 2024. Next on Eternal Turtles. Shout out to all of our Patreon supporters out there. Thank you to the Dirtle Maniacs. If you want to be a Dirtle Maniac, go to patreon.com slash eternaldirtles and help support the channel. It keeps things going. It keeps things updated. Thanks so much for watching. On with the show. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark. And with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? Zach, you're insane. You're insane. <laughs> I, I, Why I am thought, I insane? I thought, I thought some of my choices, I thought some of my recommendations here were, you know, I was going to have to really go to bat for them. But Informed, like, now yeah. I'm just like, whatever, because your stuff is, your stuff, <laughs> your stuff is like, you can't defend this. I think, I think where I'm coming from with, with my choices and, and we'll, you know, we'll post a list and everything, but you're going to get to see all of them. Um, I think where I'm coming from with my choices here are that the format, it doesn't matter. There's no philosophy to the format. So things can use a shake up anyhow. And a lot of these cards are only on the list because either one, like, you know, the first caveat I always say about these, we're not taking financial considerations into consideration at all for these. So if something's on the reserve list and I want to unban, I put it on the list because I, I, th th that's just how I feel. Um, but beyond that, you know, some of the stuff I just look at and I'm like, it doesn't belong on the ban list. And there's no reason it, it's on there aside from just like no one's given this enough time to look at which you know hey they just laid off four thousand people or whatever so yeah probably they don't have enough time to you know give give a good curation to the ban list for legacy you know one of their least popular formats so uh to that end let's start it off uh with with my very first pick uh on here and we're only going to talk about the cards that we we changed uh our mind on or went off the ban list uh from from last year and you can find last year's video somewhere I'm sure I'll post it at the end or in the show notes or something. But also, uh, the, just straight up put a put a straight up screenshot of our of this list that we're looking at right now in between us. Like, yeah, here it uh, is. If you, here it is. Here's um, our picks. We're gonna talk about them. Yeah. So the first one we're gonna talk about is Arkham's Astrolabe. I, I think, and I did not think this last year, but I think that this card should be removed from the ban list. You just don't remember what it was like when this card was around. I do remember what it was like. You don't remember? And I played. I played that deck. Like, I played de decks with this card. To me, the only reason this card's on the ban list is because, God forbid, we give mana fixing to people that don't have the budget to buy dual lands. That's, that's a... how I read this card. I'm, I'm, I'm coming at this from, like, the, the National Democratic Caucus, you know, uh, Hillary over, over Bernie Sanders. That's, that's how they're, they're playing this. They just want the rich people to, to own and play all the best decks in the format. And this is a perfect example of, of, of this scenario. If anything, they should reprint this card without the, uh, with uh, that just says basic on it. You dude, have to, you have to fetch a basic play prophetic prism, dude. No, you, you can't a, play you prophetic this, prism. It can, it can, it, it costs too much. Oh, it costs too much. Why? I wonder why, why do you think it costs too much? Because it doesn't cost one mana. Oh, so what, what is keeping that from uh, being playable in the format? It costs too much. What is what is yeah? What's what, what, two mana? We're we're up the beanstalk gamers. What what what, what pray tell is keeping two mana off of your uh, your ability to think that it's playable? Because what, what, by what the time you, be because when you need to be casting your two drops off of off of this this Arkham's Astrolabe, it's too late. Zach, 
I'm playing up the beanstalk. It's a two mana. It doesn't do anything I, other than okay, draw a card when immediately so comes in. Prophetic my, my prism question the same is, way. What's is the problem? Then why why not unban this then? If you think a prophetic prism is a card that sh- that is good that is good enough, then why not unban this? I'm not saying prophetic prism is good enough. I'm saying yeah. you're saying you can't there there you can't play this effect because you know the that everybody's trying to price keep out people who don't own dual lands. Yeah, it costs the prophetic prism is right there to put into play. It sure uh, that, does. That's that's not that's not uh that's a no brainer. Like it literally costs double the mana. Um, I, you, I mean, I want you never to think about how many, how many, <laughs> how many one mana artifacts. How many one mana? Uh, actually, I take it back. Let's broaden it. How yeah. many one mana effects on one mana spells permanence? Etb draw a card. It goes. You you play it. The, it's one mana. It etbs. It draws a card. Just that, I, that's the text. It's an artifact. All it is, Ickerwell Spring for one mana. Zach, how many of those exist? Uh, no, I don't know how many. Do do any exist? Close to zero. Probably (laughs) zero. zero. Because if it did, you know what would happen? It would be all over Legacy. Sure, sure. You know, like like uh, the the uh, how powerful a permanent ET being, like a one mana permanent ET being with any amount of anything that does anything. You want to know why Arkham's Astrolabe is bad? And it's it's not banned just because it it soft bans the basics you want to play with. You already can't really play with that many basics anyway because of how fast the format is. So like barring that. Arkham's Astrolabe's problem is that it nullifies the entirety of the of the color pie. Do you no, remember I, when f- five color five color decks? What does the color right? pie you matter in this format where your the, the color pie doesn't matter anyhow? Oh my god, our Blood Moon <laughs> Wasteland gamers over here, bro! If you played, if yeah, it, perfect do you example, what this deck? This card removes all of those decks from the format, which uh, to me are trash decks anyhow. I'm sick of the, seeing stompy decks that play Blood Moon as a crutch. Like if you're a real deck. Play like make a real deck. Don't just throw four blood moons and four magus of the moons into your deck. That's exactly. that's BS as far as I'm concerned. You're the type of you're the you're you're showing me that you're the type of person that's like, oh, I have an ailment. What I need to do is get another ailment to make it so that I don't feel the previous ailment. You're like, you know what's really toxic? Blood moon and wasteland. You know what we should do to fix that? This other really toxic card instead of getting rid of the toxic things in the first place. Can, can like, I can are, I go full you, MC Escher real fast I, and put a hot take inside of a hot take? Sure. Um the reason why this card was banned is because people were sick of seeing snow covered basic lands and they didn't get to see the basic lands they love and hold dear in, in the format. And and uh if this card had had a mana value that was like you could only use it on basics instead of snow-covered lands, it would be unbanned. Uh, I think it wouldn't. It would not, I think it you're would remembering never have been banned. I should say you are distinctly forgetting the play patterns of what this card generated. You you remember the decks that it was in? It was in like 14 color Snowco, dude. You want to know what like <laughs> run, is Snow-co. one of the top decks right now? Thank you, Snowco. Oko made this made this a uh, good card because it turned into a three three. We can we don't have Oko. We should have this card back. Yeah, I'm sure that the four and five color decks would love to have just an impenetrable uh, mana base of unwasteable uh, cards that you can also just make five. Every land is a rainbow land that can't be wastelanded. Like to that end, to that end, I do want to say, if uh, in all fairness, if we go to a five color mana base with this card. It's going to make Leyline Binding less castable because you're not going to have to lean so far into having all five colors out. You know, I think there is something, like, like there's some amount of tension with it. Like the fact that it's 
I think that it was pushed to the level that it turned any land into a rainbow land as opposed to gating it in some other way. Like, it's not like it was one tap at any color. You know, it was just tap. It just turned your land into rainbow lands. And so you effectively, off your basic island or your basic whatever, you were holding up Pyroblast, Flusterstorm, Veil of Summer. Like, you, you could not play around anything because you had to assume your opponent had everything until they showed something to you in game one or whatever. So... Like, granted, Oko did make it also a 3-3, and it also made, like, Ice Fang, Quaddle, and shit like that, like, uh, actual playable cards. But I, I don't... As as toxic and terrible as I think fetch lands are, I think it's worse if you are also... If if we have to deal with Wasteland, right? If everybody's like, Wasteland's like Force of Will, it's a check on the format. Like, you have to have it. You can't, you can't ever envision a world without it. Well, then, you can't have something like this that then removes that check and then maintain the check. Because then you either have to be playing that check, or you have to be playing Arco, Arkham's Astrolabe. So you no seen you seen through my the hole in my whole plot. You've 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 lifted the curtain uh, uh, on the great powerful Oz here. I want this card unbanned so that I can start playing eight cast again. Because right, yeah. people I won't mean, be the... able to play Wasteland, and thusly eight, eight, eight cast will be much better. The one thing that I, I want to just caveat here throughout uh, this entire list that we're going to run through yeah. is that a lot of it is based on like what we talked about in last episode about like the stresses that the format is being applied yeah. with right now. And one thing that is appealing about Arkham's Astrolabe, where when you said yes, the first thing that came to mind is I was like, oh, maybe that's interesting because it can't be tutored off of Urza Saga. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like there's maybe a space to like play in where Urza Saga isn't just this thing that's, you know, getting every making every other thing that would be reasonably playable just actually busted because you have it, you know, you have as many copies as you want attached to a Grave Titan. Mm -hmm. Like that's where my head initially went. But then I went back and remembered the play patterns of Arkham's Astrolabe. And I was like, it's actually like, I, I think that if there was a, a subtle adjustment made to Arkham's Astrolabe, if it didn't draw the card, if if it did something else instead, whether that's, you know, scry or whatever, uh, if, if there was, you know, if it was maybe castable off of like, a particular kind of snow mana as opposed to colorless snow mana. Like if it was like, you can only cast it off your snow colored forest. And now we're actually mana fixing. And it's like, okay, well, if I don't have the Arkham's Astrolabe on turn one, then I'm putting a basic forest in my deck. Is that punishing? Like there's a little bit more space where like, if they just dialed another knob on it, like <clears throat> maybe I think as it stands, I would not unban it. I think, I think like making it so that you're giving the, this, the blue soup decks that are already playing all of the colors anyway, because they're, they're just, Everything is power crept to the point where you have to. It, it, I don't think that it would promote anything healthy or fun or interesting beyond like, yeah, you can have your Emery and, you know, Goblin Engineer loops. Yeah. All right. So uh, a no for you on Arkham's Astrolabe. Yeah. That stays the same. I changed my mind from last year on Arkham's Astrolabe to a yes. Let's go to the next card, a card that I changed my mind on. And, and I think a lot of people are going to be surprised that I changed my mind on this. Uh, Deathrite Shaman. We both have this as a yes. Yeah, I would. Deathrite Shaman is not a card that I'm like, oh, it's very obviously easily unbannable. I think it's one of the cards that I want to see within the the pressures of the format now. I think yeah. at the time, like, you know, all the cards that it may have checked were too busted, like Treasure Cruise and all that stuff. It was too good. I, I think the format is is a bit different now. Like, the, if you think about like the threats that we were playing alongside Deathrite Shaman, it was Young Pyromancer. Yeah. Like at the time, that was the hotness. Was also playing it alongside Young Pyromancer. I get you had Git, Git Probe and Cabal Therapy as like an incentive for that, but like the best two drop you had access to at the time the, in the decks that were playing Death Shaman was 
young pyromancer. Now it was also played in elves. It was played in, uh, you know, Maverick Abzan style decks, but like those decks, like Abzan and all that, it can have some help anyway, whatever. Cradle Control is like, you know, a tier two, two and a half deck. It's fine. It's definitely playable. Top eight EW, like you can certainly do it. Uh, it, the fact that it's a one-two, so your Bowmaster Bo doesn't just check every single mana dork out of the format that isn't Delighted Halfling, which I, in my mind, Delighted Halfling is just incentivizing uh, snowballing, uninteractive, yeah. whatever. Like, cause, like, if you play a Delighted Halfling, you're not trying, you're trying, not trying to do anything that's interactive with the opponent. You're trying to do the thing that's like, I'm just going to do something and it doesn't matter what you're, what you do, right? And I think, if anything, I think Delighted Halfling, even though not as powerful as Death's Wrath Shaman, is actually the worst design. So, uh, oh I yeah, I mean, I, I agree. The design is is less; it, it's less fun, and and it's also like slightly not as good. Um, yeah, but it's it it leads to sh it, relatively shitty play patterns. Um, I yeah, I, I think that Deathrite Shaman w within the the confines that we have now of like how much more powerful the format has gotten since it was banned. Like it was banned in what twenty eighteen? Let's go with twenty eighteen. I think it was banned in twenty eighteen because it survived top. Yeah. Um, because probe, it was banned at the same time as probe, okay. and I, I, I think that Deathrite Shaman, it, it, you know, never lived in the fire design era, and I'd be interested to see what it would look like in with, given the way the way the format looks now. Like, you can go turn one Deathrite, turn two, like if if you're on the play and you go, okay, turn one Urza Saga, go, mm -hmm. and I'm like, all right, I'll play this Deathrite Shaman. And you're like, All right, it's I'll funny play an to Ancient think Tomb about the turn. How, how how this would have not survived. Uh, like, let's say it survived up until Oko. They would have banned this instead of Oko. <laughs> I, I, it's just like <laughs> they the would've. other cards We'd still be dealing the, with Oko. Like, if you compare like where the other cards that are like the powerful one drop plays, mm -hmm. it's like is Deathrite Shaman more powerful than Dragon Rage Channeler? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's I, perfect I don't know. example. Like. Is Deathrite Shaman more powerful than Ragavan? Or Ragavan? No. I'm going to say emphatically, absolutely not. It, it, I mean, like, there's definitely debates because, like, they, they incentivize different types of play. But, like, if Dragon Rage Channeler is the bar and we're willing to do that, like, Deathrite Shaman doesn't draw you cards. It's disruptive and it's a mana dork. It's a, it's yeah. a Birds of Paradise, like, assuming that there's something in the yard. But it's not guaranteed that you have access to all of the things that you want all the time. Like, I thought that, like, if we both have Deathrite Shamans on the table, like that dance of like who that game of chicken is more interesting than if we both have Deathrite Shamans and are just turboing through it's, our deck every turn. It's interesting you mentioned that, Phil, because I think the advent of Deathrite Shaman as a card that people wanted to play actually came after um after the energy field, helm of obedience, uh rest in peace version of miracles kind of just went away forever, right? Because that card was unplayable when one of the most popular decks in the format, which it was at the time, uh, stopped playing the card that just made you have a squire, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, the only other one drop that's played in the format right now at like a legitimate level that doesn't do something effectively when it uh, ETBs or, or when it like the turn enters the table, like... You can argue Dragon Rage Channeler doesn't, but like Dragon Rage Channeler Bobble is like one of the most common plays. Like it's do it's it's getting yeah. some amount of value. Like it's a three three most of the time, very very early on, and then it is evasive and you don't interact with it. Like Deathrite Shaman at no point draws you a card. At no point does it like. I, I mean, I get that it's doing different things, but like 
I think the, the power level of Death Threat Shaman is just embodied in our minds because we contextualize it at the time when it was the most busted thing. Like the other deck that it was really powerful in was actual factual elves. And that deck is gone. Gone. It's gone. Goodbye. It doesn't exist. Your glimpse of nature, uh, glimpse of, yeah, glimpse of nature, right? I'm forgetting the, the card. card's name that because the I card. haven't seen that. Yeah. <laughs> glimpse of nature, your glimpse of nature, uh, nature elves, gone. Doesn't yeah. exist. Right, and if they any player that does that is playing Glimpse of Nature Elves is the equivalent to that deck, like I am to Miracles. Yeah. It's dead. You're, and just, you're the you're only just player an doing old it. Old man yelling at clouds. Right. Yeah. And, and so, like, if anything, I think of all of the cards on the list, like, is Deathrite Shaman very good? Yes, but it was also at a time when all of the other cards were way worse. Yeah. Way so worse. I would call this a very uncontroversial take as far as like what what uh, as far as the unbanning of this card is concerned. I do want to say this, uh, and then we can move on to the next card. Um, you convinced me last week that, that this card probably doesn't belong on the ban list anymore. So of course, watch next week if you have, or last week, if you haven't, um, last week's cast, but, um, my final like thought on this card, the reason why I like twisted myself to saying like, fine, whatever you can have it back is because, uh, there is no philosophy for this format. So removing this card because of ubiquity or whatever, like, it doesn't make any sense to me anymore. It's the same, that's why, that's also why I was like, okay, well, if we can have this, then we can have Arkham's Astrolabe. Like, one, to me, is the same as the other in, in that regard. Um, but uh, it's the fact that, like, this was removed from Modern because of of just, there were too many, there was too much of it, right? Which is weird because Modern didn't have a, there's too much of this, uh, like philosophy, they were just like, we just can't have it's the win rates too high, which is fine. But this was uh, removed because everyone was just crying about it, uh, me included. I, I I probably still would cry about it to this day because I don't like the card. I think the design is terrible. Um, I would love to see it back at back in modern. I might play modern again. But uh, I I removed it from my my hate list because I was like. There's no philosophy here, so who cares if this gets unbanned? We can have any one drop we want. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'll wrap up with the Deathrite Shaman thing by saying I think Deathrite Shaman was a fire designed card before fire design existed. I think yeah. if it were printed, if it were printed now, we'd be like, "Wow, this is really powerful. It's really good." But like, there's there's choices to be made. Yeah. The dance is interesting. The disruption is is meaningful. Like, yes, you can you you burn them out of combat, but like, it, it's really like. Just look at Deathrite Shaman. Like, if Dragon Rage Channeler was printed back then instead of Deathrite Shaman, and it was banned the same way that Deathrite Shaman was around, and then Deathrite Shaman was printed in Modern Horizons 2, and that's what we were playing with now, and we were looking back at Dragon Rage Channeler, wouldn't we be looking at Dragon Rage Channeler the exact same way and be like, that card was insane? Like, yeah. surveil every time you cast a, yeah. a, a non-creature spell, and then it becomes a better Delver? That's insane. Yeah. Right, we would be saying the exact same. In my mind, I think that we would be saying we would be talking about it very differently. I think it's a it's a uh, it's a victim of its era in that it was ahead of its time because it's way more powerful than anything back then. And nowadays, it would just be one of the many broken one drops we have access to. Phil, so, Eternal Dirtles is proud to be sponsored by Moxfield. Moxfield is the best Magic: The Gathering deck building website on the internet. You can create, share, and find decks from Commander to legacy, and even fan-supported formats like pre-modern and old school. You can see all of our decks on our Mox field. Follow the links below to stay tuned. Phil, that's a great segue into our next card, A Victim of Its Era, because I'm choosing, and you did not choose, and this is a thing I changed my mind on as well, I'm choosing Dig Through Time to come back. I think it's time 
to allow Dig Through Time back in the format. The decks that it was great in, uh, it, Miracles played it for sure. Um, but the decks that it really excelled in were like Sneak and Show. And that deck is all but dead now. I haven't seen a Sneak and Show deck in years. So if if the big thrill for playing Dig Through Time is to bring back a deck archetype that barely exists now, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I could see an argument for Dig Through Time. My issue is that, like, I, I think that anything that incentivized, like, if Dig Through Time did, wasn't just straight delve, like, if it was look at the top cards equ equivalent to the non-land cards you exiled, my real thing with Dig Through Time is that, like, you know, subsidizing fetch lands even further yeah. is really where I'm just like, there's just no way. Like, Here's a question, Phil. If In a world where Murktide region exists and Dig Through Time exists, do you think Dig Through Time even sees play? I would like to see, like, I think there would be interesting, like, when they printed... There's a choice to be made, at least, right? There's a choice to be made. We talked about it last week, and I'm, I'm not discounting that because I do agree with that, that notion. I think there was, there's something, if, if they printed a Dig Through Time that wasn't just, hey, your fetch lands are also soul lands, you know? Like, when they printed, I think it's called Farsight Ritual out of... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go with Farsight know, every, Ritual. A, a farsight ritual it's like if you bargain it you get to dig through time but it costs four mana and it always costs four mm -hmm. and i was like if they had printed that and if you bargained it it cost two less like you know maybe there's something like w would that have seen uh, would that see a ton of play or not i'm not sure if they just printed dig through time as it stood and it said uh look at the top x cards x is equivalent to the number of non-land cards you delved like okay maybe then we're we're a little bit more Interesting because now your fetch lands aren't also just, you know, converting a card off the top later on. I, I, I think that's really my issue with it is that yeah. fetch lands are broken and yeah. we're not going to get rid of fetch lands anytime soon. So it's like, like if Dig Through Time came back, would I enjoy like seeing the parallel of like, which, which option do you go with? Do you go with the over the overpowered threat or do you go with the card selection? Like, obviously this would power up the combo decks or I mean, some of the combo decks. Would it be interesting? Sure, I think so. And then, you know, you can see if it actually balances out or if there's action to take. But what I really would like to see is just like an updated dig through time that just doesn't include the fetch lands being broken. And we're seeing them think about that to some extent. Like they still do things where they incentivize and, and subsidize the fetch lands further. Like they just printed or spoiled the recent, the new dual land set, which is ETB tapped, but that has the basic land types. And then it's ETB tapped, but it, when it ETBs, you surveil one. So you can effectively fetch in your end step to surveil to like set up a draw. And so in that regard, they're, they clearly acknowledged and, you know, um, what's this, uh, what Mark Rosewater and Mike Turian in the uh, spoiler video uh, for day one of previews said that you can get it with your fetch lands. They, they, they acknowledge yeah. that you can do this with fetch lands. They're aware they're doing it for fetch land interactions, but they're also aware of fetch land interactions because the new collect evidence mechanic coming out of the new, uh, upcoming Murders at Karlov Manor is explicitly uh, not allowing fetch lands to be used to boost that mechanic. So collect evidence, the mechanic is it's collect evidence number. So let's say it's collect evidence six. Mm -hmm. And collect evidence means that you can exile any number of cards from your graveyard. And if it's mana oh, value yeah, is mana equivalent cost, or greater yeah, yeah. than whatever yeah. that number is, you get the upgraded effect. Sure. Now, you can remove any number of cards. So if you just want to clear your graveyard, you can do that. But you're removing a, a, a fetch land for your collect bargain or your collect evidence cost will be zero. So it doesn't help you collect evidence. And in that regard, that's a workaround of this is like delve. You're delving cards out of your yard, but your fetch lands do not help with that. 
Yeah. And if they're working in that space, I would love to see like dig through time, collect evidence eight or dig through time, collect evidence seven or whatever that number actually looks like. Right. Yeah. I mean, for dig through time, it was six. So if let's say it was, it was six blue, blue. And it was like, this card costs less for every, uh, all the for, evidence for, you for the mana yeah. value that you collected. Right. Yeah. Like if equivalent to collect evidence, collect, collect evidence X, this card costs X less to cast for the amount of evidence sure. you collected. And now that's really interesting because fetch lands don't boost it. And in that that's where I want to see a card like Dig Through Time I would, remade. Yeah, I, would, I, I, I think that would be interesting. Um, yep. so, well, with that said, I think we've we've uh, we've gnawed all the meat off of the Dig Through Time bone. Yep. Um, I, Phil, I learned today um, a really great uh, idiom. Uh, one of the guys that I I was uh, working with, uh, one of my like one of the like experts that I was working with uh, today. Uh, is French, and I, I have to assume this is like a French idiom. So a lot of times he was he was going to he was like you know instead of saying like here's the big reveal he's like so when you open the kimono, which is just a wild like concept. <laughs> it's just like it's a real weird visual. It's like open the kimono, you know. Anyhow, uh, to open the kimono uh, on the whole drawing two cards for two mana thing, uh, expressive iteration. You said yes. I said no. I just think it's like expressive at the time. There was nothing to compete with it. Mm-hmm. Now, now you're up. You're going up the beanstalk. Well, my I, stance this... here, uh, and I'll let you go go on further than this. But my stance here is no, because dude, it's the same thing as dig through time, but it is always two mana. You're not going it's... as deep for sure, but like you're getting two cards. You are more often than not getting two cards. Yes, yeah. but that. The, the the incentives of how you are now granted like expressive expressive iteration is probably the worst variation of this kind of effect in that it's incentivizing only in exactly what Delver wants to do, yeah. uh, which is just play proactive things that you know you can just apply you just cast stuff you just do stuff. I, I like I, I would love to see variations of these cards that ask something of you other than just do stuff. Just do, do it, stuff. do it, and then do, do the stuff. stuff that does more stuff. Like I would love it if there was actually some amount of thought behind do stuff. We used um, to, we used to have, we used to have a, a term for this in Magic. It's, it's called incentivized for playing poorly. Um, Curse Scroll is a very good example of this. You're incentivized for having no cards in your hand, right? Like, the, and that's that's sort of what what I think you're getting at there. The like, you just do whatever you can, and then like that becomes a resource somehow. I think that it, it, in my mind, it's interesting that like everybody's like expressive iteration way too good. And is that true? Maybe. Did it have any competition at the time that it was legal? Not even close. And now people are like, oh, well, uh, questing Druid, questing Druid just won uh, Eternal Europe, Eternal Weekend Europe, and that's a two mana draw three. And I get that there's no selection, but you're guaranteed to get the threat on the other side. And that's also an instant, which means that if you flip over your Delver or your Days or your Force on your Expressive Iteration, you're not casting that shit. Whereas with uh, Questioning Druid, if you're like, well, I need to find a counterspell, I'll instant speed this thing. And if you find the Force, you can pitch cast it. Like, I, I, I think that the, the, the fact that there was no pressure whatsoever from any other cards that are even in contention of being relatively at the same power level for a similar effect as Expressive Iteration meant, again... That like, of course it was too good. There was nothing else going on and there was nothing else to keep up with it. So, you know, and I get that Delver was, was trying, was 
the thing that was abusing it in Delver is going to be the cause for a lot of the, uh, like that shell is going to be the cause for a lot of things getting banned. But like, hey man, everybody was like, oh, it's so dumb because you can play Mystic Sanctuary and get it back. And then Days picks up your Mystic Sanctuary. And that's one of those things again, where I'm like, is Days then the problem card? Because that's the one that's compressing the format. Expressive wasn't compressing your format. I mean, was Expressive keep making it so that those decks had fuel to keep up? Okay, sure. But is Questing Druid doing that too? Questing Druid won a tournament. Nobody's calling for that card to get the axe. But it's also because Questing Druid isn't the only option. People were like, oh, I'll play Grixis and play Orcus Bowmasters. There's a choice to be made. And I wonder if Expressive Federation would be in a similar vein. Yeah. I don't know. Is it too good? It might be. But it will at least have some amount of options to be made. Because it's like, okay, I'm going to go full Grixis and I'm going to play Expressive and Orcus Bowmaster. And then you're a full turn slower. Yeah. You are your clock is a lot slower. You're not applying nearly as much pressure as like just the straight, you know, blue red aggro delver list. And that's interesting. I don't maybe, hate, maybe I don't hate that idea is. because I would like to see the deck slow down a little bit, you know, like I I'm sick of uh, like I'm sick of having to immediately have an answer or win the game like within a turn or two, you know? Like there, there's there's some amount of that already being seen in that there's there's the questing druid rug version of a, of Delver. Mm -hmm. Then there's the Grixis Orcus Bowmaster version of Delver. Granted, these are the same shells. Play patterns are the same, but like the interaction points on those two slots are different. Like they're critically different. But then there's also the four color monstrosity that's playing both Questing Druid yeah. and Orcus Bowmaster. And that deck maybe plays out a little bit differently too, because it's way grindier. It's trying to do more stuff at two mana. The mana base is way worse, but the power level is higher because you get access to those cards. Like, okay, throw expressive iteration in the mix. What happens then? Make spell snare Druid great again. Does Questing Druid just get <laughs> cut altogether? Does Orcus Bowmaster just get yeah. removed from that list because you want to be cleaner and you're like, I'll play the slight green splash and just play all of these expressive iteration effects? But then if you're playing all of this card draw that's not affecting the board, then are you going to be way slower? It's like when you remove that stuff, you're just like, okay, here's your Delver Precon. Yeah. The only cards that are legal for it, the obvious best options, there's your deck. And you don't have to think about anything. This It's like... Back when uh, everybody's like, oh, I missed the time where you could play Bug Delver and Rug Delver and Grixis Delver, and there's all these different flavors of Delver, and it's all the same shell. It's doing the exact same play patterns, but there's enough little spice differences that everybody's like, all right, there's, you want Chinese, you want enough. Japanese, yeah. you want Szechuan, right? And it's like, what Whoa. type of Asian <laughs> what type of Asian cuisine would you like? And they do, they are meaningfully different, right? Yeah. Like if you go Agreed. out and have Szechuan yeah. versus if you go out and have sushi, you're going to have a very different experience. Now, it's, it's, if I say, hey, do you want to go out for Asian cuisine tonight? And you're thinking Szechuan, and I'm thinking uh, sushi, then we're, gonna, we're on very different stratospheres, right? Yeah. Very different. And I, I'm like, if, if, if that's satisfying enough for us as a community with one archetype of a deck, then throw more spice in there, man. Maybe I want Thai food. Yeah, perhaps. It's, a, it's an interesting metaphor, to say the least. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I, delicious I and unique cuisines, the, Zach. What's that? Delicious and unique cuisines yes. is a metaphor? Yeah, yeah. It, it's the best kind of metaphor. <laughs> it, is, it is a great metaphor. Um, I'm still in the camp of, of, no, of No Way Jose. Now, uh, I do want to bring up a card that I changed my mind on from last year, uh, and that's Gataxian Probe. And the, the reason for this, Phil, is because it didn't get banned for any real reason, I can tell. Like, it wasn't in a deck that was like winning every one of it. Like it got banned at the same time as Death Red Shaman, just for reasons. Grixis Delver was the best format, best deck in that format, and it was uh, four of in that deck. It was wasn't also it a four, four of in Grixis Delver. Yes. I don't think it, it was. was. It, 
It was. It was four Jaxian probe, four cabal, three to four cabal therapy with young pyromancer. It was also in storm as okay. Uh, probe but that's cabal therapy young was pyromancer. It was like giving it, like. Are we in a world where like getting a one one off of one pyromancer for for two life matters anymore? It it was in every single deck that uh play the, every combo deck that I, just wanted to look and see if the coast was clear. You want to know why Jaxian probe was banned and well, why she I never come up, back? I brought up the reason that they they said so. I'd like to I'd like to read that uh, before Go before you tell me your reason that that it was banned. Uh, and so in the last paragraph here. While Gataxian Probe's impact on the legacy environment has not necessarily reached a boiling point, it is a strong contributor to the, set, to the success of the most popular decks. Because of the negative influence Gataxian Probe has on gameplay as a free spell and low-cost information advantage, we prefer to remove it from the format rather than needing to weaken strategies it facilitates in other ways. We've seen Modern end up with health, uh, healthier without Gataxian Probe, and it's time we take that step for Legacy. Now, would you say that Legacy got healthier or unhealthier after 2018? <laughs> Zach, I just want to point out again, just because we had a disease then and we have a new disease <laughs> now doesn't mean that we should be fully diseased at all times. Gataxian Probe was an absolute like menace to the point every single game that Jataxian Probe was part of that game wasn't fun because it removed the information uh, uh, not exchange for you, from the I game had a blast Jataxian Probe sucks and I just want you to think of I, 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 let, let's hypothetically for one second let's just think of one game we're going to start one game you lost the die roll Zach, I'm on the play I'm that good, I'm on the play Jataxian Probe's legal I go, turn one Dragon Rage Channeler cast probe. Is that the format you would like to play, Zach? Would you like to continue that game? Can, Do you want to keep going can, with that game? You want to keep playing it? I have one question. You're gonna get on me for saying Tefri, and you're gonna keep saying Jataxian probe. What are you calling it? Gataxian probe. It's Jin Jataxis. Jin Gataxis. Jin Jataxis. Jin get Taxis. It's it's not a gut sound, is it? To get. Gith. It's named after Gingitaxis. No, it's crater. Yeah, Gingitaxis. Isn't it pronounced Jitaxis? Isn't it a hard G? I have no idea now. Or a soft G, rather? <laughs> I thought. Comment. Comment. So this is the real debate. This is the real. This is the real. Fuck all these cards. This is the real debate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jitaxis. Yes or pro. no? Gingitaxis or Gingitaxis? What? I'm how do you get, say it? It, you get probe somebody, but it's Ginger Texas. Yeah, I'll no, happily. I get here's probe. the thing. Uh, okay, I'll happily be wrong on the pronunciation because I'm objectively right. On this card, should never <laughs> ever right, come off. On. Ever. This card. This might be the card that sucks the most on this list, and there's a lot of cards that suck. Okay. Well, uh, how about Hermit Druid? Uh, I changed my. No, I, I I said yes, and I said yes last year too. I think this card. Uh, I said. No, I mean, granted, it's a one-one that has to untap, but I said no because it's just another one of those cards that, for like quality of life purposes, it really just destroys any any kind of interesting gameplay if you lose the die roll. Like, okay, turn one, uh, Lotus Petal, land Lotus Petal, Hermit Druid, go. You either have the removal spell or you are dead. You could even go Cavern of Souls, Lotus Petal, Hermit Druid. Your force is dead. Now you need specifically a removal spell or you're dead. Right, like. That's just so uninteresting. My stance is this card is no less egregious than Thassa's Oracle. 
I agree. I, I mean, I'm I'm fully on board with <laughs> yeah. banning Thassa's Oracle because yeah. it's not interesting. But like, I I don't think Hermit Druid is doing anything to make the format more interesting or more fun or any of the decks that it would be part of anything other than absolutely degenerate and not looking to do anything other than kill you immediately. And that just doesn't. Is it too powerful for Legacy? Probably not because like you know, okay, yeah. bolt it. But like at the same time, it's like okay, well, if you don't have the removal spell, the game just auto ends, and that's just so boring. Yeah. Um, uh, my, my whole stance here was to, to make that point about Thassa's Oracle. Um, the next card... We can agree uh, on Thassa's If you want to throw Thassa's Oracle onto this list, then we can both say yes, ban it. I That's mean, fine. Our, our ban episode is, is later. We can do a ban episode later. I mean, poor, poor <laughs> one out for Lab Man, dude. Like, what an era. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next card, uh, I changed my mind to, yes, unban this card. Uh, you already had, had it as an unban. Imperial Seal. Yeah, Imperial Seal is a sorcery, uh, yeah. which I think is very different than something like Vampiric Tutor. Yeah. Because Vampiric Tutor end stepping for whatever you need after your opponent's turn. But Imperial Seal at a sorcery, I get that like you can get any card, so it's obviously an upgrade from Personal Tutor, which is the only type of tutor of this kind of you know adjacent tutor like this that puts it on top of your library that sees any play, and it's just because you don't have eight copies of Doomsday. But uh, the the idea that Imperial and yes, Imperial still has the upgrade of like, oh, you know, yeah, you can play it off your Dark Ritual mana and that's something. But like personal tutor sucks. Every Doomsday player that plays personal tutor will tell you how that's the worst card in the deck. And if they didn't have to play it, they wouldn't. Uh I, and I think that like the the cost of going down a card plus the information that your opponent has, like, okay, if I go turn if you don't know what I'm on, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I need to find the doomsday, and I go turn one imperial still doomsday. That informs a bunch of things. Yeah. Okay, I'm not maybe I'm not cantripping. Maybe I'm holding or I'm not playing a threat. Maybe I'm holding up interaction. Okay, I'm uh, my cantrip is now I know how to find interaction. You, maybe there's there's other things to be said if like Imperial Seal becomes a meaningful part of the format because of all these mono black decks or whatever. Like maybe you play more stuff that interacts with the top of the deck. Like if you go turn one Imperial Seal. And we've seen that Portent has showed up not just in my decks, but actually in winning deck lists. Like, yeah. it was a two of in that Delver list that won uh, Europe. It's like, Imperial Seal, go. Okay, Portent you, right? Like, oh, there's actually a huge cost there. Not only did you go down a card, but now you're not even getting it, right? Yeah. And then there, there's counterplay to be had. Like, I think Imperial Seal would be interesting to come off. Is it too good? Maybe, but I really doubt it. Because yeah. going down a card is just so, so devastating in the world we live in now. I don't think it does anything interesting to the format, but I also think like, hey, they just they just reprinted this card. Like, sure, why not? Yeah, I, I think that like the if Imperial Seal, I, I think at a sorcery speed, if anything, I think it's probably underpowered by yeah. the, the 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 way that we play today. <clears throat> uh, I, I think it would be interest. It would open up some amount of deck building space that I think is kind of interesting. And there's counterplay to it, obviously, because it's a sorcery. You go down a card, which is you know the most punishing thing you can do. And I, I think it would be interesting to come off. And now that they've reprinted it, the financial barrier that we don't care about isn't even yeah. you know all that all that much of a hurdle. Well, speaking of cards, they should reprint into Oblivion. Uh, both of us have yes on unbanning Library of Alexandria. Yeah, reserve list, so they can't actually do that until they do <laughs> away with that stuff. But but uh, come on, yeah. cowards. I think the only thing that Library of Alexandria, like when we talked about it last time, Lorien Revealed didn't exist. And nowadays, your colorless mana source can fetch you a colored source, which is, you know, uh, something that's interesting. Now we can play four Library of Alexandria with no consequences. 
I, I get that like Library of Alexandria, like if you're on the draw and you have access to four library and then it's like, okay, maybe you're on library plus Lorien revealed and like that's maybe too good. But like, again, if you were just, if, if Urza Saga was printed instead of Library of Alexandria and Library of Alexandria was printed in Modern Horizons 2 and we looked back and we go, can you believe Urza Saga existed? That card yeah. was absolutely insane. <laughs> and like Library of Alexandria now. You're like, like ah, draw the, the card, the, whatever. The, the, the debate would not be yeah. close. Yeah, no, Urza right. Saga is so, so far and away in my mind, <laughs> infinitely more powerful than Library of Alexandria because Library of Alexandria is good in only and exactly the circumstance of I am on the draw and I have it in my opening hand. Yeah. Maybe you are on the maybe play. on the play and you're on it's in your opening hand because at least then you get to your draw step and then you draw a card and but then you're playing off curve. That's a, that's, that's a consequence. It's true. It's true, but it's it's not bad per se. Um, I'm just saying that you know it's not obviously it's not as good as being on the draw. But like, do you want to be the deck that has to be on the draw? Screw playing off curve if you're drawing an extra card every turn. Who cares? But it's a colorless mana source that, like, the only thing that you can do with colorless mana in this format is the land cyclers, as as far as I'm aware, beyond, like, you know, play a grindstone or whatever. You could but, put like, prophetic prism into play, bro. Dude, that's on turn two, though. So, but, but <laughs> oh, li- yeah, library is that I- not good enough? That's not, yeah, I mean, you just get dazed, right? That was what I was alluding to before, is yeah, that yeah, dazed yeah. is your problem. Oh, okay, so, yeah. but, so, so Library of Alexandria, like, let's say you were on the play as the Library of Alexandria deck. If you go Library of Alexandria, go, your opponent can be like, okay, Wasteland it. Wasteland, right? of like, course. Yeah. The, the, the same way that if you went Urza Saga on turn one, they have, I, well, I'm, I probably got to Wasteland that if I can't deal with the Constructs. But, like, there is no doubt in my mind that in a pound-for-pound pound matchup between Library of Alexandria and Urza Saga, Urza Saga is leagues leagues yeah. more powerful be, I, i'd be interested close. in seeing what the format looked like if if you could build like a four of library out of alexandria deck with the land cyclers i think i think i would be interested in what that format would look like because it would feel very old school to me and maybe that's just because it's one of the better cards in old school um but i think i think it'd be interesting to see if you could grind it out with uh with library of alexandria if you just had access to enough resources like you Looking at vintage as just like the only, I get that Library of Alexandria is restricted in vintage, but like if you just look at that the the space of where that play pattern is of colorless mana source plus Florian revealed, you have to play wastelands. You, wastelands, you have to play your strips. Nobody reaches Nobody, for Library of Alexandria. Yeah, no Library. It is just not existent at all. Yeah. And I get that it's a one of and it's in, and if you don't draw it in your opener, it's bad. And it may be different if it's a four of. But like that has never been experimented with in a meaningful format that like in our our modern lifetimes and. It is laughably underpowered by comparison to Urza Saga. Do you the know, that, like, Phil, that yeah. there was a point in time where Maze of Ith was restricted? I do remember that because I played, <laughs> and I and, and I get it because I've now played enough of the older form, the older locked formats, yeah. where you're like, I can't believe Maze of Ith is a is a card. And again, again, that's People another one of those cards where like rant, like we rant now. They used to rant about how insane it was that this card that you spent no mana on could stop a creature for the whole game and you want to know why and because at the time you god and stop my next creature because at the time your creatures didn't have static effects that punished your opponent for taking game actions didn't yeah. atb to draw some amount of it's value true. like it was an entirely different world your creatures the thing that you were paying for was power and toughness yep. and that card turned off power and toughness where like maze of it maybe you see it in played in lands you know as a two of or something. Can you imagine like but, if Mazevith was a card that people played and were like and Dragon Rage Chandler just existed during that era, they'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> you wanna know what like where where, where Mazevith got it right though? And I get that they don't print lands anymore that don't make mana, but like 
the fact that okay, it's a land, but the 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 cost of it not producing mana was actually the interesting yeah. trade off that you had to make. And it's like I think now now that we're on the Urza Saga kick of like it being actually the most busted land, like. Think about all of the busted lands that exist in the game. You have Bazaar, you have Mishra's Workshop, you have Seafarer's Quay. I guess you could Adventures, argue Guildhouse. You have Guildhouse. You could argue <laughs> Stripmine. But you, the, you know what's like? It, it's like you have Bazaar, Mishra's Workshop, Talarian Academy, and fucking Urza Saga. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's it. That's moving my argument. on. Uh... Lord... Is, this, is a land banned? Is it Urza Saga? No, then it doesn't need to yeah, be banned. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, all right, moving on. Loris the Dream Den. I said, sure, take it off the ban list. I don't care. Companion's too broken. But this was banned when Companion didn't cost three mana. Am I right? Uh, it was banned, even when it had three mana. It was banned in Vintage, my guy. I know, well, it was banned in Vintage, which is wild. But it was banned in Vintage during when it when it didn't cost three mana. And then they unbanned it in Vintage. Because yeah, they were I, like, I, okay, we fixed this rule. And now and now we don't have to, like, go through the looking glass on what uh, on what Vintage is again. You know, Vintage I, is the place where every non-dexterity card is unbanned. Here's the threshold that I would put it at. Luris of the Dream Den without Companion. You have to play it in your deck. You have to run it in some number. Is it powerful enough for Legacy as it stands? I think we companion? talked about that last year because this is this was one I didn't change my mind on. But I think now, like, with three mana, Companion, like, I don't care. Like, someone's just going to be like, okay, I paid three mana and put this into my in, into my hand. And, and like, a Delver deck is going to be like, cool, well, you're dead. You want to know how insanely powerful Luris was in that you don't ever have to draw it until you want to? The, one of the top decks in that meta, obviously it was all Delver because, you know, Luris is only incentivizing the stuff that Delver is already the yeah, best at course. doing. But you want to know what people did? What top decks did? They played Meddling Mage to name Luris. That's how powerful it was. You played the card just to name the card that was free so they couldn't play it. Luris of the Dream Den's effect is individually unique. There is no other, card, no other card that does yeah. what it does. It is like the card of Loris, even without companion, just the effect of pulling any CMC uh, permanent of two or less from your yard every turn does not exist as a parallel anywhere. The closest thing is Emery. That's it. Yeah. That's the closest thing is Emery. And Emery is uh, Library of Alexandria on a stick. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm not hard hard about uh, that card in particular. I just th- I I just didn't change my mind from last year. Um, you don't know what I get to do if I get, if I have access to Luris. Hmm. I can still play all of the busted cards that are, that that uh, aren't creatures that aren't permanents, right? I'm gonna play up the Beanstalk Luris, and you want to know what I'm gonna put in my deck? No fucking win conditions because I don't have to. <laughs> I can do everything yeah. to stop everything that you're doing, and then when you're done, when you're ready to tap out, then I'll reach into my sideboard. Yeah, it's too good. All right, uh, the next card we both agreed on, and we agreed on last year. When will they unban mana drains? Zach, after all of the hostility that we have had in this cast, which has pretty much in only specifically been derived from me, targeted <laughs> and only specifically at you, which I, I now, you know, post-mortem uh, apologize for, but I'm happy that we can agree on Mana Drain. Mana Drain. I mean, you know, uh, if nations can come together on Mana Drain, I feel like. Dude, the, the, the two arms me, man. You, me, Mana Drain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, there's not much more to say. Like, what, what would change... 
the only the only difference between now and last year is that people would play uh, the One Ring off of this card, which just incentivizes you to actually play this card and, and maybe give it a hope. Yeah, I just think that a two mana counterspell is just so like you. I get that even there's the, like with the conditional upside of like maybe you make colorless mana after the fact, mm-hmm. but that would also presume that you're playing like let's say you were playing counters like actual factual counterspell in your one ring deck and like the fact that that's not even a remote consideration even in the slightest if anything uh the one ring only incentivizes you to play more free counter magic so you'd be on force of will and force of negation before you even touched a a a spell that costs mana yeah like that's the, the format is so fast that it's only incentivizing free counter magic because you can't afford to Rashad and port yourself by holding up counter magic that may not line up. We've had that conversation with like spell snare and stuff. Like the cost is just too steep because the threats in the game way too fast. Yeah. You you can't afford to not be using your mana, particularly if it means that there's a card that is otherwise effectively dead in your hand. So the the idea that you would spend you would do that for two mana, it, it doesn't have cycling. It doesn't have another alternative other than pitch casting it to the better counter spell. Yeah. So if if counter spell isn't even in you know. Counterspell is like okay, maybe it's fine in modern, but like it is not remotely close to playable in Legacy anymore. And Mana Drain, I don't like. Even if Mana Drain came off, I think it would have the same outcome that uh, uh, what's the storm card that came off that I can't even remember? Mind Desire. Desire, which is funny because that was a card. Uh, let me let me just look because that was a card I think we agreed on last year that we didn't care about. Like I think I think, mine's... I think we said maybe. Like, we were like, yeah, yeah like, whatever. Maybe. Mind's Desire ran into the unfortunate fact that they printed Beseech the Mirror, which is the most just, busted thing they've better. ever printed for Storm. Yeah, we both Dark said Ritual, maybe about but... Mind's Desire last year. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Mana Drain would have a similar thing where the initial dopamine hit of getting to try this card that you haven't gotten to play for a long time would be really exciting. Yeah. And then the more and more people played with it, the more and more they'd be like, oh, maybe I should cut this for some, for this thing. And eventually you'd get down to zero copies. The way that and Storm was like, oh, I'm going to play yeah, Mind's Desire. It's like Mind's Desire. It doesn't matter. It yep. could be it could be brought off the ban list, and it, no one, no one would care too much. But it would have you'd have uh, a, a resurgence of people trying it. Brian Cook would try it in Storm <laughs> for the memes. Managing? Like. No, Tony Scaponi <laughs> would try it in PO. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, uh, so uh, here's a list of cards that didn't change for us at all. Uh, these were the same as last year. Uh, Mind twist. I said sure. You said no because who needs that nonsense in in uh, in magic? And I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, I just don't care. But after losing yeah. to uh, after losing to a mono a mono black pox deck uh, last week, uh, you know what? I I kind of agree with you now. You have him to Tarak, which is arguably better than Mind Twist. Yeah, I get exactly. that. Like if if Mind Twist is ever better than him to Tarak, then it's just uh, the game is shitty, right? Like if at any point it's 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 Old the degree fun. of this being better than <laughs> him to Turok, that game isn't fun for anybody, and I just don't see a reason to like incentivize anybody to try and have that kind of gameplay. Sure. Uh, the next one is Mystical Tutor. You said yes. I said no. Mystical Tutor. I I could definitely see myself being very wrong on. I imagine that the cost of going down a card is really steep, and I know that the uh, people who have played. Uh, personal tutor, again, when we were talking about Imperial Seal, the difference of this being an instant, even though it's, for instance, the sorceries as opposed to any card, it being an instant might mean that it's too good. It's closer to Vampiric Tutor than it is yeah. to 
uh, Imperial Seal. I mean, for the deck, it's one of those. It is better than Imperial, uh, better than uh, uh, Vampiric Tutor. Right, but the only deck that would want that currently at the moment is Doomsday. exactly an only Doomsday. Now, it, it, w w could this open up some maybe other space for other combo decks? Like, would would Mystical Tutor give High Tide a bump, or like you know, is, are there decks that we don't even know because like Mystical Tutor would help them give the consistency that they need to actually see play, like. Going down a card is a very significant cost. And I could I could definitely, like the other ones, I'm feeling fairly confident on. Mystical Tutor, I could easily see myself being wrong, but it's the one that I would want to give the experiment. I'd be willing to take the six months of the experiment of maybe being wrong, that, and but also maybe being fine. One card that I have remained stalwart on, that I will not change my mind on, uh, that we have a a Patreon uh, shout out to our Patreons right now, our pa patrons. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, but we have a whole Patreon tier to this card. Unbanned Necropotence, you cowards! Remember when we were just talking about how Doomsday doesn't have Doomsday's copies five through eight? <laughs> yeah. But right. you can't uh, even uh, get that's the super personal tutor, dude. Right, you know what you would you you know what you, hey if, if Necropotence is unbanned, I I sure do need to open up some slots in my deck for this Necropotence I yep, got now. Yep, maybe. No, it's too good. Okay, no uh, Dude, for what it's worth, Galvanic Relay does a really really good Necropotence. Uh, it does. It uh, does. It basically like I I lost to that uh, last. That was the other deck that I lost to la last week. Uh, was was uh, Stormplay Galvanic Relay, and I was like, well, this is terrible. Yeah, but you want to know it's way way better than Galvanic Relay. Turn one uh, dark a ritual. Galvanic a galvanic <laughs> relay that you can cast off of dark ritual that yeah. then also fuels your beseech the mirror. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, that's and 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 a, and a pinch you could use it. You could get rid of it with beseech the mirror, so you can start drawing cards again <laughs> if you were yeah. in that bad of a shape. Um, yeah. All right. The next the next one is oath of druids, which uh, I said yes, you said no. Why yeah. no? I mean, have you played against oath of druids before? <laughs> I have. Yes. Yeah, I okay. played again when it first came out. I played against it. People were like, "Haha, two mana, Sarah's avatar. I got you." So I want to talk about what we talked about with Hermit Druid. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, you lost the die roll again in this example. Sorry, bud. You keep. You got to win some die rolls at, at some point. Uh, you aren't a Force of Will deck, okay? And if you're not a Force of Will deck, that probably implies that you're one of two things, right? You're a Dark Ritual combo, or you're a creature deck. I'm on the play. I'm going to go. Uh, what's the land that gives you a creature? Orchard? Forbidden Orchard. Forbidden Orchard. I'm going to go for Lotus Petal, Forbidden Orchard, play uh, Oath of Druids. You're dead. If I don't have the Forbidden Orchard, I'm going to go uh, land, Lotus Petal, for, uh, for, um, land, Lotus Petal, Oath of Druids, and you can't cast creatures ever. Make Disenchant great again. We need to get Disenchants <laughs> back in our format. Four of in every deck. Um, I, I, I'm just like not. I, I, I want to see. I want to see that in action. If it's terrible, get rid of it in a month. I don't care. The card costs like three bucks now. They've reprinted it uh, in like a Commander product, so it's not even like a situation where like everyone's going to be like, "Oh no, they reprinted Oath of Druids and it's five hundred dollars a pop." Um. All right. Sensei's Divining Top, you say yes, I say no. Why? Why, Phil? Why do you need this card? I said yes for the brand. <laughs> yeah, you can't not say no. Uh, yeah. Just say that you could play, uh, just say you could play uh, Ursa Saga, too. I, I get it, man. You want to be an Ursa Saga gamer just like the rest of us, bro. 
I mean, uh, yeah, no, I, since, <laughs> since I stopped, I said yes, but no, you can't. Like, as a, all the one-mana artifacts will forever have to be looked at through the lens of the actual busted card, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, is, this, this would also be a no for me if I was anybody other than who I am. So, uh, why, not, why not Skull Clamp, then? <laughs> so, you said yes to Skull Clamp? I said yes to and, Skull Clamp. I'm in. And the, it, like, Do it. What's, what, I, I saw you say yes to Astrolabe. I saw you say yes to Hermit Druid. Mm-hmm. I saw you say yes to Oath of Druid. I opened it up. And I was like, I was, and then like and all this time, I was like, you said yes to Jataxian Pro. I'm saying yes. So this is a perfect time for me to chime in. The reason why I said yes to all these cards is because if all these cards are unbanned together, I think the format balances itself out a little bit. Into a wild, into whatever wild this, west, whatever this format is. In, Not, I don't into know. A into a wild west of degeneracy that doesn't last beyond turn two. Now, when when I got to Skull, I thought like for the first ones, I was like, man, I don't know where your head's at, but I'm real curious. And then once I got to Skull Clamp, I was like, now he's trolling me. No, no, Skull Clamp, like Skull Clamp is spe- would be specifically good in a in a X one deck, right? Well, right now everyone's saying X one decks can't even exist because of Bowmaster. So let's like put that to the test, dude. You know the two two uh, major significant players in the format, Urza Saga and Orcish Bowmasters. Yeah, and you know what's good with both of those cards? Skull Clamp. We we sure <laughs> do need to make our Bowmaster and our Urza Saga better. We just need those decks to have free ancestral recalls. We sure do need that. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Hey, you know what? You know what we should do. I'm, you know what? I, when I don't need Lifelink <laughs> off of my Shadow Spirit, you know what I'm going to get? I'm going to get this thing that Pot of Greed's me if you deal with my threat that's killing you. Pop, that's what I'm going to do. And then if you and then if you deal with that threat, after I've drawn two cards, I'll equip it to my other one, and then you have to deal with that one, and then I'll draw two more cards. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. I'm it's into still, it. It's okay. I think, I think Skull it's great. reasonable. Skull Clamp ain't right? Uh, th- okay. Uh... On to Survival of the Fittest. We both said that this can come off. We did not change our minds from last year. We agreed last year that this could come off as well. Yeah, I think it's another one of those, like, you know, it's a problem of its time. Yeah. In that, like, at the time, you had... you At the era where it was banned, you had time to, like, put a Vengevine in the graveyard every turn. <laughs> you know, I'm even like, more on the unbannedness in a world where, like, the two-mana, like, enchantment that is green and one is is way more degenerate than this. Uh, Up the Beanstalk is way more degenerate than this card. Yeah, Survival of the Fittest. And now, is it incentivizing interesting gameplay? I mean, it, it could. might. I mean, it could. I, I think I like the the Survival of the Fittest decks of old would not look like anything like the Survival Fittest of the, the Survival of the Fittest decks now because the creatures that you have access to are unbelievably more powerful. So, I mean. Is a, rec- a recurrable tutor too good for the format? Maybe. Like, I, the only thing that I, uh, the only home that I think this goes in, uh, you know, immediately is like maybe there's some tension with the green sun scene decks, or like, uh, you know, maybe the the cradle control decks like cut their, you know, we get their, like their a weird like Eng- English breakfast variant in Legacy. Like maybe they get rid of their fiend artisans to play survival of the fittest instead. Like maybe there's that upgrade, and maybe that they don't need that, and it isn't really doing what we would want. But like, is it too powerful? I don't think so. Probably yeah. not. Like, is would it would it <clears throat> oppress the format? No way. So the only card on here uh, that I included that we both said no on was a card that I changed my mind from last year, um, and that's time vault. I think time vault should should remain banned. Uh, just because, <laughs> like, 
that's that's nonsense. Who? Yeah. What? What was I drinking last yeah. year that I thought that that would be okay? I love that you were like, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna open my four of time vault deck with my Urza sagas that'll fetch me I my think, keys. I think that's what it was, Phil. Is that like I hadn't I had only been really messing around with Urza sagas for like maybe like three months at the time, and I wasn't fully on the boat of like this card is just bonkers. You know what it is? It's 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 just a faster, uh, cleaner, more resilient painter. Yeah, well, on top of that, Phil, um, Time Vault, in, in a world where people are playing uh, Besiege the Mirror, Time Vault is, is like literally just the other card you need to win. Yeah, I mean, the, I'm saying <laughs> that like the closest you thing know? that you have of like the two mana artifact plus one mana artifact win the game is Painter, but yeah. that's a six mana line or a total of six mana, even though Urza Saga does, you know, discount it and tutor you. Urza Saga would also discount and tutor you here, but it's instead, with Urza Saga, a three-mana line. Yeah. Without Urza Saga, a four-mana line. And that is too strong because, you know, obviously. Because, yeah. Um, then, uh, I, apparently, we had another one that uh, one of the two of us changed our minds on. Uh, I did, or, or I just uh, didn't realize what was going on. Uh, Windfall. Uh, we both said no. And I think that's just, like, obviously. Uh, but maybe it was because we were on the same page with, uh, with um, what's it called, uh, Mind's Desire, and we were just like, who cares? Yeah, I don't know where it oh, was. Win- but... Windfall for you uh, was a medium minus, so you had like a, a sorry, a maybe minus. So you had like, uh, uh, I, 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 I don't know if it should be. You were like, it could be, could not be. Yeah, I think that like my headspace is like you have like LED Echo, and. The thing about Windfall is that, again, I don't think it would actually create any interesting deck building choices. The only thing Windfall is doing is I want to affinity my hand onto the board and cast Windfall. Yeah. So you don't actually gain anything from the uh, from the recycling of cards, and I just get a full new grip. And there is no other more powerful incentive other than only exactly that. Yeah. And that is not interesting. It's not fun. Rewarded and it's for not playing something that I think anybody poorly, they call that. <laughs> so, like, it's it, it, similar, like, when Days Undoing first came out, people were experimenting with, like, Affinity Listed and Days Undoing to, like, offset the same way that you would with, like, the same way that you would with, like, Time Twister. But the difference of you get to draw, like, if your opponent has more cards than you and you get to offset that, it's different than we both equivalently draw seven. And I think that it's just not going to like, is it too powerful? Maybe not, but I don't think it's, it's in the mind twist category for me of just like, who, who wants that? Why? Renan six. I have as a yes, unban this card. You have it as a no. Uh, last year I had it as, as like, so sort of the similar thing to you is like a, maybe I had a maybe plus, uh, which we're not doing any, we're not doing maybes like pick, pick a side. Uh, so I, I had this as a maybe plus, uh, and I think that, like, again, in the context of all the other cards, you know, like, what what was one of the reasons why they banned Ren and Six? Uh, was it because uh, it ruined all the one drop? Sorry, the X one uh, synergies in in the format. Well, the, we already have a card that does that, and everyone seems to be fine with it. So I say, if you are worried about two mana cards that stop people from playing X ones, you know, let's talk about. Orcish Bowmaster, then. Yeah, I think I agree with that 
idea. I think that like the idea, I, I said no to pulling Renin Six back up, but I pulled it up for a different reason than yeah. uh, it locks out the X-Ones. I agree that it does. And I think that's much more of an indictment of Bowmasters than it is a slight against Renin Six, even though Renin Six came first. Uh, my take on Renin Six was uh, that having a much cheaper Crucible lock that is also a win condition on top of that after the fact. Yeah. Uh, like if it if the Crucible lock didn't plus on Renin Six, but the fact that you're building towards your ultimate while also being a Crucible lock, that's where I go. Uh, is it all that compelling or interesting? Like I feel like Wasteland is. You think if they switched the two of them, it would have been it would have been different. If you had what? If if it was if it was plus one to do a point of damage to a, a creature, planeswalker, or player, right, to any target, um, and then the negative two was to get a land back from your yard, do you think that that would have been a card that would have been, you know, better or better for the format? I should say. No, it's still it, it's still degenerate just because it's 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 another one of those. It's a it's a two mana hard to interact with permanent that locks you out, but this one it locks out in multiple ways. Like Bowmaster is probably getting the 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 nod in that like you know there's the the fail safe of like you can still cast your cantrip it's just going to cost you you know your entire life total yeah uh, whereas like Ren Six is just like okay I can never actually leave a non basic land exposed uh, and you know is it is it good like should there be more tension against the decks that have bad mana bases like maybe that's more interesting than like you know all the Blood Moon effects in that like. You're incentivizing ancient tomb decks instead of, you know, gruel decks or decks that have access to red and green. But like, it's never actually honest red and green. And again, when you were talking about how Oko, you know, is what pushed Astrolabe over the top. Uh, do you remember like the most powerful versions of the red and six decks? It were it was a two basic yeah, island, two basic them. swamp. It was a, yeah, <laughs> it, the deck played two basic islands, two basic swamp over at the time, and it played no forest. Like the deck could only cast Renin Six off of Astrolabe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, if that's a, a nod to how powerful Astrolabe is, like, you know. But then once Renin Six was, you know, again, Renin Six was that two mana thing that Bowmasters now is currently occupying. Where we went from Renin Six and then we went to Expressive Iteration and now we're at Bowmaster. Maybe questing Druid because of that, you know. But like, uh, is it? Could Renin Six come off? I think Renin Six by itself probably not. Could it come off if Expressive came off and Deathrite Shaman came off and all these other cards came off? Yeah, maybe then maybe then we're at a power level where it's reasonable enough. But like, I don't think giving your best deck in the format that's been the best deck forever uh, access to a Crucible Lock to just, you know, uh, I don't... That's my defense. Fair enough. It, do, do, do we need to subsidize the best yeah. deck further? Um, all right, Yogmoth's Bargain. We both said sure. Hold on. I actually want to take that back. I said, do we want to subsidize, subsidize the best deck? What, do you think that if Renin 6 came off, that there would be any discussion between that versus Questing Druid or Bowmaster? No. I, th I mean, I think maybe maybe there would be. Maybe you would play all of them. Uh, but I think that would be the discussion. Do I play all of these or do I play Renin 6? Now, if Expressive Iteration and Renin Six came off, what do you think? Would you think you would just be on the exact same way? I think, yeah, you'd just play both of them. So, what are you cutting in those instances? Um, you're probably going more mid range. You're probably like playing like a soup deck instead of like a Delver deck. Okay, so you're just you're, you're saying just... that it would it would it would move Delver closer to four color variants. Yeah, you're you're going you're going more mid range. You're removing the the uh, 
Dragon Rage Chandler and the Delver, and you're playing those two cards instead. How how do you think about Renin Six versus something like Up the Beanstalk? Would you play both? I don't think you can play both in the same deck. Um, I don't think you should, at least. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that is the choice you, you have to make. There is like, do you want to be, do you want to be the wasteland deck, or do you want to be the, you know, the four color soup deck, five color soup deck? I mean, I I think this is actually so. Ren and Six is the one that I want to hear from most now in the comments yeah. on this because, like, I came in thinking that there's no way, but you know, talking about how like the other stuff is powerful. Like, I think one of the most interesting parts about unbalanced discussion is the pressures that are applied by that context between what are the choices that you actually make and actually diving a little bit deeper into like what do those decks look like? Because yeah. if you're like, okay, maybe questing Druid and Ren and Six because they're in color. But then you actually have to commit to green. You can't just play like the one-off trap and, you know, it's fine to cast the creature when you have access to it, but otherwise you're just doing it for the value. Uh, but then like, okay, Ren and Six, and if you're playing Ren and Six and Expressive and you're upping your curve, like Expressive Federation is going to punish you for upping your curve because then you're going to have more, like, you're not going to convert two cards in those instances. So maybe that's interesting. Uh, like, okay, you know, is Ren and Six Wasteland Lock, does that incentivize you know, the the Delver decks to slow down to keep up, which means that, that you then have more time to fetch basics uh, to, like, develop better because you have actually time to develop now, so you don't have to, like, walk yourself into Wasteland just in order to keep up with the fact that they yep. have eight one-mana, three-power flyers. There's actually some interesting discussion there. I am not as hard and fast no on Ren and Six as I was coming into the episode. All right. Well, uh, you, you it's good because you've changed my mind a few times on some of these cards, and I'm glad I was able to finally do it for you. On a card that, honestly, I think is is probably one of the hardest cards to defend in truth. Yeah, I, I mean, it has fallen entirely out in Modern, mm -hmm. but the only difference between Legacy and Modern in terms of where Ren and Six is, because for the most part, we're playing we're all playing the same threats. But, I mean, I get that the incentives in some of the matchups, like, you know, Primeval Titan is not a deck in Legacy. Sure. Uh, unless you consider Cloud Post a Legacy. Uh, uh, it's not even uh, a Primal, Primal, Primal Titan, Titan deck. deck. Which, I, which I don't necessarily consider. No. It is a primetime deck, but... It has primetime prime in it. <laughs> yeah, it's not primetime in the same way. Yeah. But uh, Renin 6 does not have access to Wasteland in Modern. and But if it did, I'm sure it would be everywhere. Yeah. And the domain, the four, the four and five color, you know, control less with Leyline Binding would just cease to exist. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe you're just playing Ren and Six as a way to offset the fact that they're, you're, you know, again, the, the, the best way to combat a card is a copy of the card, right? Yep. If you're going to Wasteland lock me, I'll just pick up my lands again with my own Ren and Six. All right, so we've got two cards left, and I don't think we, we should spend too much time on them. Uh, but I think if we're going to spend time on one of the two of them, uh, Yogmoth's Bargain, uh, it's interesting that we both said yes uh, on this, and we both said yes yes last year. And I'm not 100% sold on my yes, but I think, like, if if Beseech the Mirror exists, this card is no better than Beseech the Mirror at the end of the day. I think the way that we compared this was that if Grizzlebrand exists, there's no way that... Exactly. Because you know, like, yeah. Grizzlebrand is a lot easier to put into play than it's Yogg Bargain It's funny because I don't even give a shit about Grizzlebrand anymore. Yeah, you're you're effectively dead regardless either way, right? Yeah. Like it, it was one of those things where it's like if the Grizzlebrand hit play, it's like well now you have the argument of like oh Grizzlebrand or Atraxa. It doesn't matter. You're dead either way. Yeah. Like it's you put the fatty into play, you're dead. Like it's it, who cares what the effect is? You're dead. Like 
okay, yeah, they maybe play a Traxa to get around Bowmaster, but you're dead. It's um, it's wild to think about the the context of of you know our our decisions last year when now like you know I said that like they'll never make something better than Grizzlebrand. How could they? And then they were like, well, what if it pitches to Force of Will? <laughs> you know, what if it pitches to everything? Yeah, yeah, to everything, indeed. Um, all right, and then the last one uh, was one where uh, we disagreed on again. Uh, Zerta the Dawnbreaker, Dawn Dawn Waker, uh, and I, I just don't. It's a card. I just don't think it matters if it's banned or unbanned. Like if that becomes a deck that people play, fine. I don't care. You know what it is. I I, I said no uh, for the same purposes that I said no for like all of the stuff that it's it's just not doing anything. Uh, it isn't doing anything is- interesting. You're right. It's doing nothing interesting, and it's doing nothing that's beneficial for the format. If anything, it's just giving like the Mystic Forge, uh, Solitaire, Jerkoff yeah. decks like uh, a, a a commander that you know makes it so that their combo is a lot easier because they have a combo piece at their at the start mm-hmm. of the game at the ready. Like, there's no other deck that the Zerda would see play in other than ex- like only in exactly that type of goldfish. And you know, fuck the goldfish decks, man. Yeah. You know? No, I, I and you know what? Looking, I looked back to see what uh, you know what what my thoughts were in uh, 2023, and uh, it it was a yes plus, which means it was like yes with caveats, and the, the caveat was probably like it can't be a companion or something like that. Like so, this this is the card like that I, I'm kind of like whatever, fine. Like I I wouldn't go to bat for the for this card if they were oh, like I, you know forward it's worth blanket across the all of the banned companions. If they just removed companion and they're just reasonable playable cards with powerful oh, effects, yeah, fine. I, I would I would test Luris without companion. Yeah, I, for if, sure. If I, if I had to draw Luris, like I would test that card out. Yeah. Like I'd be interested in playing with that card. But the the fact that you just never have to waste your draw step on it, it's it, like it's the exact opposite on the other side of the power spectrum of like why I'm maybe interested in trying out Mystical Tutor and Imperial Seal. Sure. Like the cost of drawing the card and then also going down a card to use it is on the far side of the spectrum compared to, oh, here's a powerful combo effect that I just have access and I never have to waste a draw step on it. It's not going down a card. It's going up a card for free plus having the thing. And yeah. it's like, that's too good. You know, imagine if Mystical Tutor was in your command zone and you're like, I'm just going to pay three. I'll get a Mystical Tutor and then I'll tutor yeah, for whatever no, I want. Um, yeah. You, you know? Yeah, no, that'd be insane. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's our list of cards that should be unbanned. In in the year of our our Lord Urza, uh, twenty twenty four. Um, if you have uh, opinions, if you think other cards should be unbanned, uh, I I certainly want to hear about them. Especially if you have long diatribes to write into the comments, I read those during work. I often uh will will respond to them. Uh, if you uh, like this episode and like episodes like them, hey, uh, we would love to have you as a patron at, at Eternal Dirtles Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash eternal dirtles and uh that does it for us this week we'll see you next week with uh something new thanks everybody for watching for the gift that keeps on giving all year round join our patreon at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles and hey check out this playlist we got up here with all of our interviews over the last couple of years some great people from the legacy community some really great guests